Tommy was heading back to the Burbank Water and Power Building when the walkie-talkie came to life. Tommy, this is Jamie. Go for Tommy, he said. There was a little snag in our plan and we can't get through. It would seem that way, Tommy said. His voice was downtrodden. Though he would have made the same decision in any case, he had hoped the radio people had been bluffing. Now people were dying based on his decisions. Jamie continued, We had to retreat into Warner Brothers. Our car won't start and we need someone to come help us get out of here. Tommy didn't hesitate to turn the car south toward the movie studio. He didn't want anyone else getting killed that he could save. On my way, he said. This is the story of our players in Outbreak Undead, part of RPG Storytime. While Jamie was making her call, Karen, Chloe, and Derek were wrangling zombies into an elevator. They had set up an elaborate path that attracted the walkers out of the floor they were on, into the stairway, down the steps, and into the elevator. They had accomplished this by utilizing Karen's plan, which involved first wedging open the elevator doors. They then placed a chair in the middle and opened up the emergency hatch on the ceiling. Dara climbed up and waited. While this was being done, Jamie and Chloe set up a barrier of boxes that would discourage the zombies from continuing down the stairs. Once these were placed, it was time to start the conga line. Karen, Chloe, and Jamie then wedged open the stairway door to the ninth floor and walked up closer to the tenth floor. There, they began screaming and banging the railing, attracting the zombies' attention. As soon as the mob came at them, they ran down the stairs, making sure they were being followed, then into the ninth floor where they hurried to the elevator. The buzzing from the jammed doors attracted the zombies from there. Checking once more to make sure the conga line was keeping up, Chloe climbed atop the chair as Derek pulled her up. Karen went next while Jamie held off the front walkers with the katana. As she was pulled up, however, her foot accidentally kicked over the chair. Jamie was trapped inside the elevator. Grab my hand, Derek shouted, reaching his arm down. I wouldn't be pulled up in time, Jamie shouted, and she elected to slice off the foreheads of two of the zombies. Karen shouted at the next zombies behind them, attracting their attention briefly away from Jamie. It was just enough time for her to flip the chair upright, then jump up on it and reach out her hand. Derek grabbed it and yanked her up as clammy hands grasped at her legs. Peace, bitches! Not unlike many casting events in Hollywood. Once they were all on the roof of the elevator, Karen used a stick to reach the door jams to knock them out of the way. The zombies kept interfering and knocking her stick around, so she smacked one of them away, then hit the door jam. The doors tried to close, but they jolted back open as more bodies crammed into the entrance. Over and over they tried to close, and the bodies kept piling up, keeping the elevator from closing. No one knew what to do. Finally, Chloe grabbed the stick from Karen and tossed it into the room. The walking dead inside the elevator kept reaching for them, but those at the door followed the strange flying object and the thudding noise it made against the dividers, and they turned away. At last, the door was able to close. The DJ and the other half-turned were waiting for the elevator to arrive on their floor. They wanted to get downstairs and across the street to Warner Brothers. They had been monitoring the walking communications of the other group, and they knew every choice they were making. Once they got there, it shouldn't be too difficult to hunt them down. One of them kept pushing the button impatiently, annoyed that it was taking so long to arrive. One of the others was at the stairs, suggesting they take those down. You'll run into crowds of fully turned, the DJ said. Plus, some of you haven't been walking so good, and you'll trip down the stairs. Just wait. It'll be here. At last, they could see the elevator was moving and getting closer. Everyone grinned and gripped their guns. They didn't know why they wanted to kill so badly. They weren't like this a few days ago, but they couldn't remember that far in the past. This was what they were now, and nothing satisfied them more than killing. The door began to open. 
It's about time, the closest one said, impatiently starting into the elevator. He was immediately swallowed by the horde, which poured out the doors, reaching out for their half-turned brethren. Would you like to read my screenplay? Some of them were muttering in grunts and groans. The half-turned panicked and began firing into the crowd. The packed zombies spread out through the room, some being ripped to pieces by the bullets, others enveloping their prey. The battle on the 18th floor was overwhelming in noise. Then Jamie, Karen, Chloe, and Derek added to the madness. Dropping down from the ceiling of the elevator, they hurried to the crowd. They moved so quickly through the ravenous horde that it had no time to react, and they focused on the half-turned. Jamie sliced them up with her katana. Derek and Karen shot them down, and Chloe used her knives to puncture the heads of any zombies that turned in their direction. Chloe's job was the easiest, for the half-turned shot down most of the zombies, but they were not expecting the ambush that came directly after them, and they were soon dispatched entirely, all except the DJ who grabbed Trish and held a gun to her head. You're gonna let me go. You know why? Because these may not be your friends, but you have a hell of a lot more humanity left in you than I do. That's right. You just stay right back there. Everyone froze. He was right about them. They didn't want to cause Trish's death right in front of them, even if they didn't know her very well. Holding the gun to Trish's head, he moved toward the staircase. Everyone watched him closely, their weapons at the ready should the DJ provide them with an opportunity to attack. He did not. He got to the door and kicked it open. And a horde of zombies who had been attracted to the gunfire poured out. The DJ yanked away, stumbling as he went. Karen grabbed his gun. Jamie and Derek chopped and shot down the zombies that were coming in. Trish ran away from her captor, and Chloe grabbed him. He looked into her eyes, an amazed look on his face. His wicked expression and irrational anger seemed to dissipate. Chloe, he said. Jamie and Derek got to the door, pushing out the zombies and slamming it shut. Then everyone focused on what was happening with the DJ and his former co-worker. Chloe seemed to be breaking down. This was a man she saw every day at work. Someone she had shared so many memories with. So many laughs with. Someone she would stand by through thick and thin. But there was something in his eyes. Something that had clouded over his humanity. The man she had known was gone. And the tenderness he was exhibiting was only a manipulation. Chloe grabbed the DJ by the arms and rushed him toward the edge, then threw him out the same window Marion had been thrown out. He fell more than a hundred feet to his death. Jamie took that cue to rush to the radio and send out a message. Tommy, if you can hear this, don't go to Warner Brothers. I'm not there. It was only a ploy to get the DJ to call the elevator. There was a short silence during which Jamie thought he hadn't heard anything. But then the phone rang. What the hell are you talking about? Tommy asked. Jamie suddenly realized how odd that sounded, so she said, Just don't go past the gates. We don't know how much of the undead is in there. We took care of the DJ. You what? Tommy asked. While Jamie explained what was going on, Chloe's phone rang. It was Dave. Smiling broadly, Chloe answered it. Hi, babe, she exclaimed. You have to get out of there, he exclaimed without hesitation. What are you talking about? she asked. The army just made a decision. They're not coming to rescue you. Yeah, it turns out we don't need saving. I found a group, and we... No, they're not coming to rescue you because they're coming to kill you. What? What do you mean? The Army, the Air Force, the entire U.S. military, and the government. They decided that saving the survivors of that region is too much effort and expense. They're just going to wipe it all out. They're going to carpet bomb it. But... But there are survivors here. A lot of us, Chloe tried to explain. Dave interrupted. They don't care. Chloe, you need to get out of there. Won't somebody... No! They don't care! They're going to bomb the place in six hours. Get out of the region by whatever method you can f... Dave stopped short. 
Another voice was heard a little further away. Dave tried to explain that he was just talking to someone else on the base, that it wasn't anything to be concerned about. He told them there was no need for a gun, and then shots rang out, and Dave was heard no more. Tune in next week to find out what happens next. And if you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!